Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. He made a tremendous uh, hit on Travis on the sideline. You could call it dirty. You could call it he was just playing the game of football. But whatever it was, it does not constitute that he should be receiving death threats. Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. That was Deion Sanders earlier today. Three days after what really I, I was a mind-blowing Colorado-Colorado State game. For Double, many reasons. Oh, yeah. Double overtime, the Jay Norvell words, the uh, it's personal, that hit, the poke of the eyes. The Deion Sanders trademarked shades. Yes. That he promoted on game day beforehand. Right. The, uh, the the targeting penalty in overtime that took out one of Colorado State's best pass rushers. I mean, there were layers upon layers upon layers upon layers. And then we hit that. When when we saw the story yesterday that that Colorado State player and his family were getting death threats, phone number was published. Address was published. Oof. Like it It was... Ugly, because you know, social media. You're on social media a lot. You're you're an impressionable person on social media. I'm a junkie, um, but there are people who live to bleep things up for people yeah. on social, and that's one of them. Um, but I I appreciated what Deion Sanders said today, dude. It it was, I don't know if I'll use the word perfect, but. It was so um, tasteful. That's a good way to put it. It was uh, a perfect perspective giver Mm -hmm. for everyone. And uh, loyal listeners of this show know that I called Dion a clown last week. You did. Um, I heard that statement from him this morning, and it made me rethink all of it. Wow. It really did, and you got you got some backlash on that. There were people who who texted into our Zephyr Insurance text line that yeah. were like, "Hunter, what what's wrong with you?" You know, he's uh, he is an interesting cat. There's no other way of putting it. Mm-hmm. He is one of the more unique sports figures ever. I think that's probably fair. That's more than fair. Um, he's up there with he's. One of the few, like, organized sports guy to almost have, like, a larger-than-life WWE wrestler kind of persona about him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think of guys like him or um, Bo, um, Bo Jackson. Uh, I'm, tr- tr- I'm trying to think, by the way. Sorry. Uh, yeah. What what WWE I – mean, you wouldn't know because you weren't allowed to watch yeah. when you were younger. Shout out to your mom. Um, yeah. <laughs> she was here, for those yeah. that didn't know, she was here in studio yesterday for your birthday. Um, which WWE wrestler does Deion Sanders most impersonate? I don't – I in some ways, like, just with his now kind of quote-unquote costume, you know, with the shades and maybe the hat, if you flip the – the the hat for a bandana, you know, he might be Randy Macho Man Savage. Wow. Wow. I got uh, this for you, dude. I was going to go John Cena. Or, okay. But, uh, but anyway. Just. That was an aside. I'm sure the text line. Prime. Uh, WWE no. fans will show up with uh, what Deion Sanders. 
See, that's that's Here the area. Prime. That's the era where you were allowed to watch wrestling. There we I, go. That's why I'm surprised with the Macho Man. Reference, yeah, that was but. after I was out of the house, <laughs> and I I did my own research. Anyway, but I anyway, apologize. you're fine. No, I, he occupies that kind of rare space that you know he transcends beyond him as a person, transcends beyond him as a a player. It's this other third thing as him being prime, and I can't help but think from the lens of a former student athlete okay and i will always take that side of things of protecting 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 young impressionable student athletes Mm -hmm. in a um a good but also sometimes a vulnerable time in their lives where coaches don't really care all that much about them programs the ncaa their um their rights aren't always fought for um and I try to be that devil's advocate for both sides of right. of the coin. Dion advocated for that in a statement like this, which shows me that he has a little bit more maturity or perspective than maybe we want to give him credit for. I was blown away, Josh, and I'll be the first one to admit, you know what? It might be a little early to start throwing out absolutes like – Dion's a clown Mm -hmm. because for him to say that about someone else, in my opinion, targeting his best player to not react to that, but to have kind of a, a, a calm, stoic maturity to say he's still a kid. Yeah. He does not deserve to be getting death threats. It showed a different side to Dion where I, it kind of made me rethink this whole thing of, you know what, I'm going to take my time before I start making judgments on this situation and just observe and at times enjoy the, the, the party because that's what it is. It's, it's a circus right now. Week in, week out, it's something different and it's a show. It might be a little early before we start throwing judgments. You know, I, I think that it's big of you to say that because in our industry, um, a lot of times when you you paint that, on someone and it's not like you didn't have a reason you had a reason yeah um and i don't i don't want to make give people the mischaracterization that i'm saying hunter was completely wrong when he said it because you had a reason to say it um to be able to come back and say you know what i think i can change my opinion based on things there aren't a lot of people in this industry that are willing to do that they're willing to sit on a hill and 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 either fall or stand on that hill, yeah. based on you know, regardless of, of anything my, that's done. Change my opinion on LeBron James. Remind me of, of the opinion you changed well, on LeBron I, James. I'm from Chicago, so <laughs> this is true. Uh, he beat up on my Bulls whenever he was down in the Heat, and I was not a fan of the decision and going down there and all that stuff. But for him to come back and humility will always win me. Yeah. When you're able to put pride on the side, when he came back to Cleveland, I've really thought differently of him. Similarly, in this situation with Prime, it took a lot of humility to say that. It did. Um, there is a line that he draws between giving himself, um, you know, drawing attention to himself and drawing attention to a school because he has. Hmm. and drawing attention to student-athletes and how he does it. And by the way, um, Colorado State has sold out every home game so far, uh, which is something that uh, wow. you know that 
hasn't been done, I think, in, what, 100 years or something? It's pretty Colorado. Incredible. Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, I think I said Colorado State. That's okay. I'm sorry. I know um, what you meant. I, it's not to me. It's it's not just prime though. I mean, I look at Travis Hunter. He was on, um, he was on social media wearing a. For all intents and purposes, this is like leopard pajamas. Okay. I. It's a giraffe. Thank you. <laughs> I look when I can't see the Tanner knows in, the difference in, of print in what is like a a um. You know, here I'll, I'll I'll let you see it for yourself. Does that does that look like a giraffe to you? Dang! And that's after he's gotten back from the hospital. Yes. So this is him, Yikes. I guess, at home or in his dorm or whatever. Okay. And he's he's in his uh, he's in his onesie. I got to give him credit. He keeps his room clean. <laughs> he does. Not many college football players can say that. So. He does. Yeah, I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. But you know, to his credit, because um, he had a lacerated liver. Whew. After that hit. And he said about Henry Blackburn, he did what he's supposed to do. It's football. Love it. Now, you and I may disagree. I don't know that that's football in 2023. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting. You, you see Dion and then you see Travis both kind of taking that same higher ground as compared to what it seemed like before the game and the week before the game where it seemed like everybody was taking a different path. And to me, it says something about, you know, when when Dion, when Dion sets the example of, you know what, we're not gonna stoop low. We're gonna we're we're gonna do better and we're gonna we're we're gonna stay above board, they follow. When Dion, you know, gives the whole it's personal um and kind of sets that tone, you said it last week. Um being impressionable to student athletes. Yeah. You saw it in that game. Yep. They followed. Most of them, or some of them, however, yep. however you'd view it. Um, and again, that's what kind of fueled my critique of Dion because uh-huh. they are young. <laughs> I've said it before. Their prefrontal cortex isn't developed <laughs> yes. yet. Yeah. They're kids. Let's be careful where we pull those strings mm-hmm. just to um, – institute your regime or your plans your agenda let's let's put them first yeah and that those comments kind of change that for me yeah and when you can pull that back yes. and set you know set the right standard later i i think i think he did that in in the most positive way possible now i think um we have to look at another perspective of this henry blackburn um from as far as i know has not been punished for the hit now this is this is a little tricky because this was a non-conference game. It's not like it was if this were a Mountain West game, it's very possible the Mountain West would have laid a suspension down on on Henry Blackburn because it's within the realm of two Mountain West teams yep, playing conference one rules. This is not that. Um this to me sounds like something where Colorado State needs to act on that on on Henry Blackburn and I and I will say in watching that hit that is suspendable. And I, I appreciate, again, you know, Dion and, and Travis taking that high road and kind of playing it down. Travis to say that it's, it's a football is mighty, mighty tough of him to say, given how that went, that he's going to miss the next three weeks. But to me, I don't, I don't care what they say. That is suspendable. And I think Colorado State needs to set an example because Colorado's doing it. Yep. I'd like to see Colorado State follow suit and bring down the temperature on its end 
of how that game went down. There, there was a player on Sunday who, I don't remember who it was, but basically said on X, you know, they're, they're, they're still overrated for their ranking. Well, yeah, you almost beat him. Sure. You lost. I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, they're overrated you know, with their ranking or whatever. You lost. Yeah, they beat you. Yeah. So, so, so stop. Shut it. Get off your phone. Get off of your so, like computer. A, a Colorado State fan said yeah, that? Uh, no, it was a player. Oh, a player. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop. It's like uh, our our University of Hawaii cornerback flaunting an incomplete pass <laughs> yeah. when we're down 31 to nothing. Yeah, yeah. You're, I, you're I, losing. I, I'd like to see Jane Orvell take that same approach that Dion is. And set the tone with his team. You know what? Um, we're going to play football. We can, you know, things got personal and they got too personal. We can't accept it because that became more of a story than, look, we competed. We had a chance to beat our rival that was ranked or, or, or rated heavily, you know, picked to beat us by a lot. Like, we had a chance to do this. But yet nobody's talking about us now, no, or nobody's talking about that. People are talking about Henry Blackburn. Yeah. People are talking about, you know, some of the the unfortunate stuff that happened during the game. And you know what? That's above Colorado State football, and that's not okay. Yep. And if Jane Norvell is not going to take action on that, as much as I was kind of cool with Jane Norvell, you know, last week, kind of just like you know putting this whole hype machine on, um, I will lose respect for him. If he can't put at least a one game suspension on this kid, so it looked to me like the the hype, the intensity of this game was bigger than both of the teams. Agreed. Okay, N- not just uh, bigger in terms of perspective, but in terms of what each team is capable of holding and being able to take on. Shooter Sanders is flicking the other another guy on on Colorado State. In the eye. Right. He's trying to poke him in the eye. Right. That's Bush League, man. It is. You don't do that. Um, and then the hit, obviously, on Travis Hunter from Colorado State on the other side. I bring that up because neither of these teams are probably going to win a championship. No. And it's because they stoop. They they, they make those those errors. You, you watch uh, uh, Saban Crimson Tide team. How... The, the standard of excellence and showboating and that kind of – it is not tolerated, much like a Belichick back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I bring that up just because it felt like the moment was too big for yeah. both of these teams, and yeah. it, it ranked top five college games in ter- for a broadcast ever. It did. Crazy. Yeah. So say what you will, it's still good for the game. Oh, yeah, the viewership shows it. 9.3 million people watched a game that ended at 2.30 in the morning Eastern time. It peaked at over 11. Le- LeBron is tweeting or Xing about it. LeBron's not getting that kind of viewership. The NBA is no. not getting that kind of viewership. College football is. Now, granted, different points in the year, but NBA Finals ratings... Um, like, if you were to look into it, I, I'm, I'm sorry. This just kind of, like, got me yeah. on the fly as we were talking about it. 2023 NBA playoffs averaged 5 million viewers. Five. Wow. Almost twice that. Yes. 
So dang, you know, that's cr- that's crazy to think about. That's why I have said all the time for a week three game. Yeah. Or sorry, week four. I have always said, we, well, week three, we count week zero. That's right. Yeah, week three, I but, was correct. Um, I have always said college football is the second biggest sport in this country behind the NFL. Yeah. And that just proves it right there. That the NBA can't hold a candle to Deion Sanders in Colorado against Colorado State. It is amazing. By the way, uh, Colorado-Oregon, probably the biggest game of the weekend or one of the biggest games Big of the weekend. Time. We'll have it on our sister station, CBS 1500, nice. uh coming up on Saturday. It's going to be a monumental uh, football weekend. Um, and coming up, there's a monumental game, uh, Hawaii and New Mexico State. Woo. We'll talk about that coming up next. And uh, you can listen in tomorrow night, the Timmy Chang Show from Ruby Tuesday at the Moana Lua Shopping Center. Uh, make sure you check it out because uh, – We'll recap the Oregon game. I know Timmy had, uh, you know, had some choice words about last year's game, and obviously, or the last time they they played Oregon, and and certainly um, a lot to think about after this game, but also needing to move ahead uh, and look at maybe one of Hawaii's most critical non-conference games in a long time. Um, that's coming up. You can catch it at Ruby Tuesday Moanalua on air or the next day on uh, K-High Channel 5. That's the Timmy Chang Show. We'll talk about Hawaii New Mexico State coming up off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Adam Young, who is New Mexico State's television play-by-play voice, is going to join us coming up in about uh, nine minutes here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, I asked earlier what uh, WWE wrestler, or it doesn't have to be WWE, it can be AEW Just, for, yeah. for those that watch it, or any wrestling promotion. Um, what does Deion Sanders most resemble? And uh, one of our texters via our Zephyr Insurance text line from the 208 says, Ric Flair. Hmm. Woo! Woo! I, I, yeah, none of us have the voice for it. Clearly. I could. I just don't want to blow the speakers out in everybody's cars. The, the, you know, these these microphones are are pretty sensitive to that. It can't it can't be okay. That's why we use them as play by play people because if we got to go high voice, um, it it can throttle us down a little bit. It it can't change you from sounding like Baby Bop, but um, you know, with that high voice, but. Um, it can it can save other things. I'm sorry. That was still on my mind after the happy birthday song debacle from yesterday. Mm. Uh, Keegan was placed on a one-day suspension because of the happy birthday song he used yesterday. That's why he's not here. He he was he was punished for that. It was it was beneath really? beneath <laughs> us. Um anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was not. That was good. That was okay. Um, well, so, Adam, in a couple minutes, uh, real quick on Hawaii and New Mexico State. I, I don't think I'm overselling this, but I feel like this is Hawaii's most important non-conference game, at least in the last decade, if not longer, with the stakes that potentially are on the line here for this team in, in looking big picture and also small picture, too. Yeah, and for those wondering, oh, it's just New Mexico State, I'll give you just a couple of the bullet points that Josh is kind of referencing right now. This is a big year for us needing 15,000 minimum capacity for our home attendance games, okay? We are 0 for 2 on that for our first two home games. This is our third opportunity. So that's that's the first thing. Second thing. 
in order to get to a bowl game, minimum, you got to get to six wins. And that's the back door. That's the back door if there's not enough bowl-eligible teams out there. Mm -hmm. Preferably, we got to get to seven. Seven, you're guaranteed a bowl game. So if you look at conference this year and who we're going to be playing, some would say it's actually a favorable draw for us. We don't see Boise. We don't see Fresno. Mm -hmm. Top-tier teams in the Mountain West, which we will do our power rankings. Yes, we will. We didn't do it yesterday. Um, We see Air Force. We see Wyoming. And we're going to see San Jose. But everybody else mm, could potentially get it done. But we have to win this game against New Mexico to situate us right. Yeah. We'll we'll do those rankings in a little while. Uh, reminder, pigskin picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. Play along. It is brought to you by M. Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. I am afraid to see uh, how I did or how I didn't do in pigskin picks. We might have to make that update a little bit later on. But coming up, Adam Young, who covers New Mexico State on their uh, television broadcast. He's next. I'm going to make an admission uh, on our Mountain West Power Rankings, which we'll do coming up at the top of the next hour. Um, I didn't save last week's one. I had it on my computer. I had it on, uh, you know, the old folks use uh, Notepad, which is the lazy way of not opening up Microsoft Word. Mm. My computer restarted. And, uh, yeah, it's gone. So I didn't save it. So uh, I only know two things that I did from last week. I had Fresno State one. I had, oh, no, I know three things, four things. Fresno State at one, New Mexico 10, Hawaii 11, uh, Nevada 12. Yep. So because of that, this is going to be like a brand new fresh list, a completely fresh list. Wow. Um, Scrap it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Scrap it due to my own fault. Uh, That's coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, All of our guests appear courtesy of our hotline. When you watch New Mexico State games uh, this year now on uh, ESPN Plus, part of the uh, WAC deal, um, it used, or no, I'm sorry, the Conference USA deal. WAC was in other sports previously. New Mexico State was was an independent for a little while. But when you watch them now, uh, you can see them on ESPN Plus, and Adam Young calls the games uh, for New Mexico State, and Adam joins us now. Uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll get to the football in a moment, but since you've been around this team and, and the program for so long, because you, you cover another uh, a number of sports, um, New Mexico State back in a major conference in the FBS. And I say major, it's, you know, it, it's it's major being Conference USA, but being in a conference in general in the FBS. How, how has that changed the view of that program uh, being back in a conference in FBS? Yeah, good question, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, it's huge. I mean, Jerry Kill, the head football coach, said when he took the job, I would not have taken this job if we were still independent. So going into Conference USA, it's a football move, but I think it elevates everything. It's a really good basketball league. It's a really good volleyball league. It's a really good baseball league. So I think it elevates all the sports, and it is a football move. Uh, but, you know, this move happened before all the dominoes kind of started to happen around collegiate sports and, um, you know, give a lot of credit to the athletics director, Mario Mocha, um, for finding a league when a lot of stuff was about to happen. And uh, the TV deal is awesome. I mean, they're going to be playing Tuesday and Wednesday midweek games on CBS Sports Network coming up soon. Um, so it's good national exposure as well. 
it gives football guys some stability. Uh, the schedule isn't as difficult when you actually have a league and you don't have to play three power fives and just a bunch of random schools. So um, it, it's been a good move, and football is on the uptick right now. Jerry Kill has completely changed the program and has completely changed the feeling around town. And, you know, you mentioned the TV part, um, and not, not to throw shade at anything. I, I, I don't mean to, but um, to go from flow sports and regional to not only yeah. – um, you know, you mentioned the Tuesday, Wednesday games, um, ESPN plus for a lot of the sports now. And, uh, uh, I think the, the ESPN television, uh, here and there as well. I mean, that is massive, massive, a, a massive difference in exposure. And, and you know it already, cause you do wax sports on, uh, on ESPN plus as well. I mean, you know how key that exposure is. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's finally a spot where all of our games are in one spot. Um, I know for the fans, it was a little difficult because we were bouncing around different stations. And, um, you know, to our credit, you know, we did have a regional linear cable deal, um, kind of similar to what Hawaii has with Spectrum. You know, we were on Valley Sports, which we don't get to do anymore. But, you know, everything's kind of changed to streaming. And if you're looking for a game, you're probably looking at ESPN Plus before anything else. Uh, so it is good for all sports, but once again, football is the driving force behind this. Um, for years, New Mexico State could have went to FCS. They could have gone to the Big Sky Conference. Uh, they could have gone to the WAC for all sports, including football, when football came back to the WAC a couple of years ago. Uh, but they wanted to stay at FBS. Uh, Jerry Kill comes in, and now you feel like football has a chance again, right? I mean, they're they're eight and three guys in their previous eleven games dating back to last year, so th- this is a stretch that this program has not seen in years. And uh, Jerry Kill is a huge reason why. I mean, he's he's completely changed everything here. Adam Young joining us, uh, the television play-by-play voice for New Mexico State uh, sports. He joins us here on Off the Bench. Adam, you mentioned. Uh, you guys' record, um, eight and three, going back to last year. You guys just won against uh, New Mexico this last week, and obviously the the nation was watching Colorado and Colorado State and that mm-hmm. uh, that rivalry. Just curious because New Mexico State for the longest time has been an independent, but just curious from your perspective, how intense is that rivalry between the Lobos and the Aggies? It's big, uh, and actually here there's two big ones, right? I mean, you have New Mexico, and then you also have Utah, and mm. it's such a unique job, guys, um, in football, basketball, really in all sports, where if you're the head coach here, um, you need to beat UTEP and you need to beat UNM, and the other games, people don't care about those as much. If you beat UNM and UTEP and you win two games in football, uh, the fans are okay with that because you're beating the rivals. Um, it, it's a huge deal. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a big in-state rivalry. Um, we talk a lot here uh, publicly about the resources the Lobos have that we don't have. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a huge difference. So for football to go up to Albuquerque in front of a really good crowd and beat a UNM team that, quite frankly, has a lot more facilities-wise, resources-wise, um, that's a huge deal. Um, it, it's kind of a chip on your shoulder kind of a game for the coaches, for the players, for the administration. Jerry Kill says hard hat lunch pail. That's kind of his motto, and it's been his motto since the early 2000s when he was the head coach at Southern Illinois. And his players have taken on that motto. Um, they, they understand how big the rivalry is, and 
it isn't just any other game. And we just finished up our radio coaches show about 20 minutes ago, and I talked to the players and the coaches about that. I mean, it, it just it isn't any other game. Um, and they treated it like a big game, and they played well. And now they're coming off their most complete game of the year. Uh, we saw last year here they got better week to week, and I think they're kind of doing that right now. They did not play well in their season opener against UMass, but week to week, I think they're getting better, um, and they have way more talent this year than they had a year ago. Hey, that season opener against UMass, you guys still scored 30 points, man. So uh, compared to what Hawaii's offense has been doing, I, I, I unfortunately, I can't say that's too, uh, too rough of a job. But kind of going back and forward, we're looking ahead of this game this weekend. You don't have to remind us that – New Mexico State ran all over Hawaii last year, all over us. Uh, I look at that game against uh, UNM this this past week, though. You got um, the Aggies have kind of started to pepper in a passing game, and Diego Pavia, uh, Pavia threw for two twenty. And um, just curious, from your perspective, have they kind of become more of a well balanced offense? And just curious, what you're expecting uh, this offense also to do against Hawaii this weekend? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, they still want to run the ball first, and Diego Pavia will run with the football. Um, he is a scramble quarterback. He is not going to slide. He will take a hit. He is tough as nails. Um, but the passing game has improved, and Pavia has been a big reason why. His accuracy from last year to this year is way better. In fact, he wasn't even the quarterback when Hawaii came here last year. It was Gavin Frakes, who's right. now the third, the third-string quarterback, and I looked at those numbers, guys, earlier this week, and I forgot about the discrepancy passing yards to rushing yards, and it was it was a lot of rushing yards. And uh, oh, we know <laughs> it, it's a capable it's a capable it's a capable running back room. Um, you're probably going to see four different running backs, maybe five. Uh, Star Thomas is is the top running back, but Amante Watkins has really good speed. Uh, Jamani Jones will get a lot of touches, and then Mikaylin Young is a redshirt freshman who has a bright future. So they want to run the football first, and the O-line's coming off their best game since Jerry Kill's been here. Um, But the passing game's improved. So, yeah, I think it's more balanced than it was a year ago. The passing numbers last year were not good, Um, but they're pretty good right now. I mean, they're they're top ten in the country in yards per catch right now. I mean, it's it's explosive. Jonathan Brady has big playability. Bryce Childress does as well, Trent Hudson. The offense is way improved from a year ago. Um, the defense statistically is worse, but I think during the course of the year, the defense will be even better than they were last year. It's just taking some time with some new pieces. I want to talk about defense here for a little bit. Um, Keyshawn Elliott uh, on his end, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he does not have a sack, but he is um, your, your leading tackler. He's got 26 on the year. Uh, talk about him and, and that New Mexico State defense. Well, they have a really young defensive coordinator. Nate Dryling's one of the youngest around the country, and he is a brilliant mind. Uh, for years, defense was the issue here. Um, offensively, they would score points. They would score 25 per game, maybe closer to 30, and they just couldn't stop people. There was a game at Hawaii a couple of years ago when they gave up a bunch, and you score a touchdown and you give up a touchdown the next two minutes. And uh, Nate Dryling. Uh, has come here and he has stabilized things. It was a top 30 defense at the FBS level a year ago. 
Uh, and Keyshawn Elliott's a big piece of it. Now, they lost two really good senior linebackers to graduation guys, and Keyshawn's only a sophomore, but a linebacker was probably the biggest question mark defensively going into the year, and now we're not talking about it being a question mark because Keyshawn's playing so well. Uh, so he's a sophomore, but he's coming off his best game as an Aggie. Jerry Kill said that tonight at our coaches' show. Um, he's playing well. They forced a turnover last week, which was huge because they hadn't really been forcing turnovers in the first three games. Um, so that'll be important this weekend if they can get a couple of takeaways. Uh, the secondary played well last weekend. It's just a lot of new pieces. So I think the defense is nowhere near where they're going to be in a month or so. But they're making big strides, and they have a lot of talent. Uh, they have really good depth across the board, and, and they're coming off their best game defensively all year. Adam Young, uh, when you watch New Mexico State on uh, ESPN+, Plus, uh, you can hear him uh, watch his good work. Uh, Adam, I appreciate your time, especially right after the coaches' show. I didn't realize you just yeah. finished up the coaches' show uh, a few minutes ago, but kind of you to give us a little bit of time right after that and uh, uh, continue your great work, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That's uh, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Uh, watch his work on ESPN+. Plus, and I, I mean it sincerely. Um, we've got some good play-by-play people uh, here on the West Coast going into the central time zone, and uh, he is uh, one of the best ones uh, that, that we've got. So um, happy for him, and I appreciate him joining us here uh, on the program. You hear that? Um, you know, Pavi at quarterback, uh, I've been interested in him because I see his numbers from last year. I see the threat that he is out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. I see the threat that he is um, when when running with the football. He's already got uh, – well, he doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year, but he had six last year. Um, you know, he combined 19 touchdowns between passing and throwing. This year he's got eight touchdowns in the air. Um, small sample size compared to last year, but I think about that and and it makes me wonder, like you know, how how much of a challenge can that be for Hawaii's defense? And the initial thing that I think of is Poffenbarger from U Albany, right? Because he was a guy that he was an athlete. He was. Um, was Pavia seems to remind me of him, and if that is the case, I like what Hawaii de- Hawaii's defense did against Poffenbarger, and if they can do that. Um, that may be a good sign if you make New Mexico State a little more one-dimensional. Yeah, Pavia was their leading rusher mm-hmm. from this last week's game against UNM. And uh, I, I, I hate to say this, Josh, and this is a little preview into my Mountain West power rankings. Ooh. Hawaii's right next to UNM mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And if UNM lost them 27-17, to 17, Hawaii's going to need to tighten up across the board because this is a good New Mexico State team. Yeah. And we can get got by these guys. And and New Mexico is at one and two. I think they're kind of a wild card. I have New Mexico, uh, or I did last week. Uh, I guess, hint, I have them again this week. I have them ahead of Hawaii. Um, Dylan Hopkins... Uh, to me, gives New Mexico um, a, a bit more depth offensively. When you add in, you know, one of the better quarterbacks that they have had in a while, um, you know, as compared to the old Bob Davey option uh, when when he was coaching him, uh, I, I think their offense has taken another step with uh, a, another you know quarterback from another school, and that makes them dangerous. So, um, yeah, this game is is concerning. 
but it should be because we've seen the last couple of years. And I remember a couple of years ago when people were like, oh, it's New Mexico State. You know, yep. we, we should we should beat New Mexico State. And to see the horror on some people's faces when they realized, oh, maybe we're not better than New Mexico State. Yeah, and they run 400 yards on us right. like last year. Right. That, that's not an exaggeration. They ran – go check the stats from last year. They ran 400 rushing yards mm-hmm. against Hawaii. Ran through us like paper. Yeah. We If we don't tighten up – I mean, on the ground, 177, that's a good day at the office for an offensive line. Uh, for a rushing attack that he mentioned it, you might see five different guys rushing the ball. Right. Uh, they have a, a cabinet of uh, running backs, much like we have a cabinet of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. That is their bread and butter. And you throw in there a dual threat quarterback who can spin it a little bit too. We're, we're going to need guys like Tufanga to step up. We're going to need guys like uh, Mackie Pay and uh, Peter Manuma to step up. Um, it's going to be a challenging day for our defense. Absolutely. Uh, of course, coverage begins. I didn't tell you yet. Special edition of Hawaii football now. Ooh. Yes. We're going to have uh, all Hunter all the time. Well, except for a couple weeks ago because that was really all Hunter all the time. Uh, but Hunter and Jordan, special edition of Hawaii football now. You guys tape tomorrow, right? We do. Tomorrow morning. Perfect. Uh, three o'clock. Then countdown to kickoff at four. Game at 6, we'll have you covered here on ESPN Honolulu, our coverage of Hawaii football driven by BMW of Honolulu. A little bit more on this game, Um, your texts, your calls, all of that coming up here in a little bit. And by the way, if you missed Kanoa and uh, Billy's conversation with Isaiah Tufunga, uh, they had him earlier today on Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy. At some point a little bit later, we'll have that up at ESPNHonolulu.com, so make sure you check it out. Our M. Dyer Global scoreboard is brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii uh, into the future. Uh, you have a couple of games in Major League Baseball right now worth noting. The New York Yankees, amazingly, still in contention for a wild card spot. No way. Miracles. Because they're actually all this time. In the last month, they actually have the best record in Major League Baseball. Whoa. And they're still uh, a bit back in the wild card. They're losing 7-1, to one, bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, that game at our sister station, CBS 1500. I was setting it up high to ultimately go low. Did it work? Uh, the only thing that came to mind was the Mets need to probably call another press conference. Uh, speaking of the New York Mets... Nobody cares. Uh, Milwaukee 5, St. Louis 3, bottom 6. See, I was setting you up for thinking you get a score there. Boston 3, Texas 2, bottom 6. Baltimore up on Houston 5-3, to top of the 6th. Mariners A's no score, bottom 1. The Giants have already put up 2 on Arizona going to the bottom of the first inning. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global always on the move. We're back in 60 off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Arnold Martinez, our turnaround Tuesday is at five o'clock today. I'm looking forward to that. I'm tr- I'm I'm considering Hunter since he was at the St. John Bosco game oh, against yeah. Kahuku. Should I ask him about it? Oh yeah. You think so? Absolutely. I, I'm I'm getting nodding in the other room. Should it, if there was ever a week that we really don't need to talk about Hawaii's <laughs> last game, it would it would have been this last game. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm fine talking about Hawaii's last game just because I feel like people need the perspective. Um, I, I think you have sometimes 
people dropping too low. Like, sure. I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I am a, um, I am a loyal listener. I, why am I apologizing? I'm a loyal listener of the fan's voice. Mm. We left Big City Diner. First thing I did getting into the car, I was listening to Gary Dickman and the cast of characters yep. that encompass the fan's voice. Thank you for that text. And the thing that always strikes me when, when I listen in after a loss you have more complaints about the quarterback oh, man. than you do anything else. Yep. See, I know you missed it because uh, your family's in town, so you're watching the game. And but I, I, uh, it gets me too angry. Does it really? The sports. The yeah, yeah. Um, the fans' voice. You see, where I, uh, you know, me driving on my way back home, yelling in my car, is anytime someone's like. Who's the backup quarterback? Are you usually yelling in your car? I need a hidden camera. Um, that, I am sometimes yelling in my oh, car. That would be great. There are things that I yell at the radio station about. Not like just in, in general, sure. like things I hear. I'm putting my managerial hat on. There are there there are things that I yell at that I really should not repeat while I'm <laughs> while I'm uh, doing this show. But it's it's a it's it's not an angry yelling it's like a passionate yelling yep. because when i hear oh who's the backup quarterback we should have you know uh maybe he can do this maybe he can do that dalen morris can he throw the football that was one of them can he can he throw the football why aren't we having him throw the football more um this is what he does not to say you can't throw the football. I wish people. This is what he does. It's it's similar to when Cole McDonald was was here, okay, mm-hmm. and Rolo was impressionable by the community. Really hoping that we found another Tua mm-hmm. in Shevin Cordero. Yeah. Now all credit to Shevin. Came in, offered a different look to us back in the day, and won some games for us. Right. It was amazing. But if you came to practice and saw the different, the difference in the skill levels between where Cole McDonald was at and where Shevin Cordero was at, it was night and day different, Josh. Yep. Night yep. and day. And so I bring that up right now. If you came to practice, anyone, and saw Braden Shager at practice and then anybody else, it's not even close. Yeah. But you see, people don't see it that way. If the team loses, why, why you know, unless – the starting quarterback throws for five touchdowns and 500 yards. It's, well, why don't we give someone else a chance? It's not working. That's the thing that's frustrating. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, um, let's we should see a different quarterback because maybe it's a blowout of a game and maybe we need to rest him. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was always the impression of why is he in the game? Why can't we put someone else in there? And – that's not necessarily how it works. Did did your quarterback give up 50? Why doesn't anybody complain about defense when you give up 50 points? Yeah. Braden Shager wasn't on the field getting burned by wide receivers giving up 50 points. That's right. But that's, you know, everybody got spoiled from the June Jones era. That's right. Because everybody talked about offense. Yep. And nobody talked about defense because it didn't matter because Hawaii was putting up points in bunches. They're outscoring everybody. Right. And that's that's 
that's why I yell in my car. <laughs> um, it's it's very unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, it is not something I recommend you do. But that is where I get passionate. I get yell. I, I just want to yell at the people who are just that oblivious to wait, guys. It was Oregon. Maybe get mad at the side of the ball that gave up fifty yep. as compared to the side of the ball that actually got a touchdown against right. Oregon. Against- you know? Hey, they did fourth quarter, but they did. Going back even to whenever I was a player playing against those blue chip teams, when we went up and played against Ohio State, we didn't score a touchdown. We were playing against uh, Nick Bosa. Sack the living, you know what, you know what, out of us. Um, played against uh, Wisconsin. I don't know if we scored a touchdown that game. Michigan. That was the first time we played against Michigan. Was uh, in the Rolo era. I think we got three. I think they beat us seventy to three. We were hearing "Hail to the Victors" in our sleep yeah. for like a year. Yeah. So this is what happens. Um, it's difficult to score against teams like that when you're when you're Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's more complicated. It's a more um, uh, layered issue than just change out the quarterback. Right. There's a lot going out going on right now. And back to the Arnold Martinez thing, which got us on this tangent. <laughs> yes, it did. The Bosco Kahuku game, in terms of relevancy, needs. I would love to hear a first person's perspective on uh, someone who was there. I would too, and um, that's why he's there. I don't want to take too much away from from the Hawaii conversation sure. because that's you know really what he's here for. But at the same time, yeah, I I, I think that would be um, kind of necessary. You yep. know, um, I someone texted in yesterday when we were talking about the you know the refereeing, the officiating that had that had kind of come up, and someone had said, well. You know, you guys are talking about maybe you guys need to to have the officials give their point of view. No. There's a reason why officials don't speak in general. And they run to their car. Yes. Afterwards. Um, In professional sports, they have what's called like a pool reporter that goes down and uh, talks to an official. So, you know, the the referee, you only get questions from one person. And it's usually like three questions, and it's usually about one call. And that's it. But – this is high school we're talking about. It's not right. professional sports. So, so guys, like that's not going to happen. They're not going to talk to reporters about how they, how they did calling a high school game. Stop. Get, get, it's not going to happen. Uh, sports Center's coming up in a little bit here. I see that we're going to have our first look at traffic coming up as well um, as we start your commute. Hopefully, uh, I'm hoping the commute dies down for people going to AutoSource Carousel tonight for uh, the student section. Oh, yeah. Coming up tonight at 7. Uh, Sports Center, traffic coming up. You're listening to Off the Bench. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Okay, I mean, safe to save you out on Thursday night. Uh, I'm not saying that he's out yet. He's, he's a quick healer. Um, I'm not saying he's in, he's out. We're going to take it all the way up with him. Uh, to, to Thursday, but he feels a lot better today. Um, I just I just talked to him, so we'll see we'll see where we're at. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Giants head coach Brian Dable earlier today on football Giants, football Giants, not yep. the San Francisco Giants. Thank you. I didn't know I needed to clarify that. I mean. They're both in. It's one of the the rare times in the sports calendar 
where both mm. Giants are in season. I and he didn't talk about what player he was he was speaking about in the audio. Yeah, and he was talking about Saquon Barkley. There you go. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a clever way to say how to make a differentiation between Giants mm. when you hear an, an audio clip of anything involving the Giants. How do I make that differentiation? If you hear an audio clip about the Giants. It's about New York because you won't hear one about the San Francisco Giants. Hmm. San Francisco does not really give you any quotable things. Um, you don't have a controversial manager. Well, I guess Gabe Kapler is, but he's 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 calmed himself down since his days in Philadelphia. He still gets mad at umpires, but he's he's channeled himself better. Um, they're not awful. When you have to hear sound bites about the Giants, it's because I, I would say normally because they're good, but they're not. They're awful. Um, and they have been consistently. And now you got to answer about Saquon Barkley because he's hurt again. Yeah. Bad time, too. Remember that whole um, running back thing where um, <sighs> running backs were complaining about not getting paid or their yep. value diminishing? Saquon had the franchise tag he was going to hold out, and then he signed for barely above the franchise tag Golly. to get back into camp, and now here he is. He might play on Thursday against yep. the San Francisco Giants, um, but it's Eckler's almost— Eckler's out. Nick that's Chubb, right. Nick Chubb about got his leg torn off Ugh. yesterday. Ugh. It's brutal. Um, I didn't see it. Don't. You okay. Know, you know how I am with leg injuries. Mm -hmm. This one was brutal. Oh, so you saw it? Unfortunately, yes. You know, um, it might have been one of the worst knee injuries I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I mentioned in the first hour we suspended Keegan Ota for a show <laughs> because of the happy birthday debacle that he showered upon us yesterday. Um, you know, finding the kids' version as yeah. compared to an you know an adult version. We talked uh -huh. to adults on this radio show. And if there are kids listening, it's because they're tagging along with adults, not because they're listening on their own. I'm like the exception of a kid who listened on his own without the influence of an adult when right. I was very young. Me too. I'm pretty sure that version of Happy Birthday was played on a xylophone. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. It, and only on a xylophone. Exactly. For those that don't know, um, you, you hit them with a mallet. Uh, rubber if you don't want, like, a, a, a hard, like, pingy sound. Okay. But if you want that hard pingy sound, you hit it with a, um, there a, like a, a metal mallet. Or there's, like, that wooden stick with, like, a little wooden ball on the end of it. Ding, 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 so ding. there's um, Music Talk 101. Okay. Um, from someone who used to be in a percussion section. There we go. Yeah. There. So there's um, bells. Okay. And there's a xylophone. And the difference usually is the bells are the smaller one. Um, the smaller one, more metallic. Um, you Basically, it's just like you can have it like right in front of you, like on your lap. The xylophone is the bigger one, usually wooden, um, that has more uh, – it doesn't have that like pingy sound. It's yeah. more like um, – you usually will use a rubber mallet with it or a softer mallet, and it has more of a, a, a deeper sound. Okay. So it doesn't like bing. Uh, it's it's more full. Gotcha. I don't, I, every day. I, I, I don't know what value we just gave to those last two minutes. I don't know either, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in something also that yeah. I learned, that the piano is actually a member of the percussion family. 
Well, I didn't even know that. Yep. And I am someone who's been in the percussion family. I have not known that. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, because of the action on how it hits the strings, mm-hmm. you're actually hitting the key, which the lever goes up and hits each string. So it's technically percussion. Man, that's one percussion instrument I've never played. There you go. Um, I will, you know, since we're on this tangent, uh, I watched the Royal Hawaiian Band. Nice. Um, about a month ago at, at Ala Moana Center. Uh, I have a friend of mine who I used to play with in on the Big Island, the Hawaii County Band, that volunteers at the Royal Hawaiian Band. And there are songs that they have played, Hawaiian songs, um, that I used to play when when I was in the Hawaii County Band. And I would notice, huh, there are some things that they have that um, we didn't have. So they have a xylophone, okay. but it's not like a real one. It can actually be tuned or whatever it is to make different sounds. So there is a song. It's called Four Kuili Themes. It's a, it's a Hawaiian song. Okay. I know we're going deep into the weeds here. And it has... Don't laugh. You know it's going deep into the weeds. We are boldly going it. where no one has gone before uh-huh. in Hawaii sports radio. Um, so one of the songs, it uses something called chimes. Now, chimes, when you think of going to church, those are the ones you hit. Not not those. Those are like those are wind chimes. Wind those, chimes. Like, when you think of what's um, you know on on, uh, on your weird, like, next-door neighbor's porch. Yes, and when it's windy, by the wind. like, when it's windy, you're like, shut it! Yeah. But you can't. These are the big ones. So you think of church where you can like hit those with mallets and it has okay. like, you know, a very loud sound. And I realized, you know, in this song, we had that. But they don't. And what I noticed was they would tune their um, xylophone to make the sound. So it sounded like in one song it would sound like an actual xylophone or another song would sound like bells and another song would sound like chimes. Interesting. Never seen that before. If I was a professional xylophone player, I would make everyone refer to me as Mr. X. Why is that? Because what other chance would you get to be called Mr. X? Okay. I could. I, I guess I could see that. Yeah. I. No offense to anybody who plays this instrument, because I have, so I can speak from experience. It's not cool enough mm. to, to give yourself a, a nickname like Mr. X. You would be overvaluing yourself playing that instrument <laughs> and trying to get a nickname. Sorry. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's not where we were planning to go. I know. So I love it. So we, we, we suspended Keegan today because yeah. of that debacle. He, after the Chubb injury happened, he asked me, do I want to see the injury? Yeah. Which... I don't know why you would ask someone yeah. why you'd want to see a gruesome injury. Well, and I had asked you if you saw it. Yeah, that's, and that's a, different, that's a different question than do you want to see it. <laughs> asking have you seen it and do you want to see it. Like yeah. if you're asking do you want to see the injury, then you've got like something sick and morbid in you that you want to share that with others. Hmm. Like what are we doing? And so I said No. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to see the injury. And then he came back and was like, "Do you want to see a picture?" No. Oh. I don't want to see a picture yeah. of that. And usually, if we're talking about an injury, then then at that point it's bad. Yes. If an injury is noteworthy enough to 
have conversations like this, like the DeMarcus Ware mm-hmm. injury in the Final Four. Top top five worst I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, well, you've told me that some injuries, like, you can't look. Yeah, I get I, – I literally physically wince and mm-hmm. will quake just out of a, a reaction to putting myself in that guy's shoes. Yeah. Um, that must be hard as a former player. It is, um, especially when you know guys that it's happened to or things like that. It, it's a violent game, sure. It's it's a bummer. Um, I think about I think about it on different times. Tiger Woods' knee injury. Oh yeah. Every swing, you know, and that's part of the swing is flexing that front knee and kind of hyperextending it on every swing. It's even. You know, at times made me play games like basketball a little bit different. You know, keeping my limbs under me at all times, not getting out and getting crazy with cuts because I don't want that to happen. Some would say, oh, you're playing with fear. Yeah, well, I I don't want to go through six months of rehab if something happens. Right. And and when you have teammates that have gone through that, even if you haven't, like I can't imagine. Family members that have gone through it. I can't imagine, um, and I know this is going a little bit backwards, but. If you were on the field around Logan Taylor yep. and you see him get hurt, the timeout's called, he comes back the next play, you find out he's more seriously hurt, and you realize his season is over. If you're a young player that's never gone, and if you've never seen someone go through that injury, I can't imagine that you play with the same either recklessness or, or the same intensity. Yeah whether it's for the remainder of that game or for a longer period of time, because that's, that's going to jar you a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm even, wow. I can't believe I'm even thinking about this right now. Um, I was playing peewee football. I was 12 and I was lead blocking for our running back. Mm -hmm. And I cut block a guy and it broke his femur. Oh, Oh, and I felt, Horrible. Felt horrible. Heard the pop. Heard him heard him crying. Oh. It was horrible. Ambulance came on the field, the whole nine. So like now that I'm thinking about it, like what what's the why? What's the deeper root here? I think it's because I've been on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. How did you how did how did you um react after that? Oh, I, I was in shock that something that I did Trying to play a game, trying to play competitive. I I wasn't trying to hurt the the kid. I'm of course twelve. <laughs> yeah, um, you're that, not a you're not a bad person. I was. It was one of the first times that I learned that I was physically capable of causing that kind of harm to somebody. And like looking at him. So, sorry if this is graphic. Just like wincing on the ground. Yeah. And knowing that I had a, a part to play in that, it it was, uh, uh, shocking. To, to my little system, you know, at, at 12 years old. It was hard. I remember wow. that. Wow. Yeah, I can't. It's much like in Little League Baseball, like when they, they plunk a guy and it causes him to, to hurt and they flash over to the pitcher and he's crying. Mm-hmm. It's because you don't, you don't ever want to hurt somebody. You're no. playing a game. Right. So it's a little, it's a little different than, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can uh, call in at 808-296-1420. Uh, let's say hi to Neil. Neil, how's it going? Hey, what's up, boys? What's up, Neil? So, you know, 
you talk about, you know, like a guy like Logan Taylor plays with this reckless abandon. And I absolutely love uh, watching Logan Taylor play. I mean, he, he plays. He plays. He does. And then we, and then we lost Neil. Well, we'll, we'll oh. get Neil back in here. Yeah, yeah. We have in fact, call we back have, again, we, Neil. We, we haven't heard from you in yeah, a while. Yeah, I know. I was when I, as soon as I saw Neil's name pop up on the screen, there is an instant smile that came to my face because Neil is one of our most loyal guys. We haven't heard from him in quite a while. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was that was a little. Uh, that was, it was good to see his name pop up, and I just wanted to hear where he was going to go with it. So um, we'll, we'll give Neil a second to get back in. We were going to do our Mountain West Power Rankings here at the top of the hour, and then we hit <laughs> xylophone. Z- <laughs> we 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 went in deep into the weeds on music musical instruments to uh, to to Nick Chubb after that, and uh, Keegan suspension. After that as well. Uh, Neil's back in there. Neil, hi. Hey, what's up, guys? Sorry about that. Good. Um, so, you know, Logan Taylor, man, like, the kid plays with this, I don't want to say reckless abandon, but he plays with an abandon that, that uh, with this, this style and this, this swagger that I love. And Ferocity. You know, Hunter, yeah, ferocity. There you go. It was ferocity. That's, that's the word. You know? And, and, Hunter, I know you talked about, you know, you broke a kid's femur uh, oh. at age 12. I don't want you to have to relive that because I know that's, that's traumatizing. But I think, too, like, you know, as someone who's a martial artist myself, mm. you know, um, I think you start to realize, too, like, that you can, that I have the ability to, especially as a martial artist, to destroy this person, you know? Yeah. And that gives you a sense, of, not a sense of superiority, that's not it at all. But it gives you also this sense of self-control that you have to, you have to have. Yeah, responsibility. You have a, exactly, you have a responsibility. And unfortunately, his cell phone carrier has a responsibility to keep him on air. <laughs> Uh, and that unfortunately did not happen. Neil, uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Thank you for ca- uh, for calling in. Um, I want to kind of assume his point. Um, yeah. The he plays with ferocity, but has a responsibility. I'm assuming to play uh, in, in a way that keeps you on the field. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean. <sighs> When you see, and I guess in Saquon's case, you go down, you're such a um, an important player. Yeah. In, um, in 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 Chubb's case, same thing. Logan Taylor in this case, huge. Um, yeah. How does how does a team recover from that? It's hard. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And to kind of bridge off of what we were just talking about, you don't. Uh, discredit or villainize the player that hit them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They are doing a job. Right. Their job is to stop them. Yeah. And technically, they did their job. And in the scrum, whenever – I mean, you've got grown men, full full bodies, completely just at in the, the peak of human strength and athletic performance – bashing up against each other your injuries are going to happen yep uh coming up our mountain west power rankings uh but first we tell you about pigskin picks it's presented by m dyer global and brought to you by young's fish market and i have breaking news 
was 13 of 16 last week. Whoa. I know. It's pretty that, good. That shocked me when I just looked at it about five minutes ago. Wow. I couldn't believe I got 13 to 16. Got to see how I did. Um, Not to gloat even no, more. No, I'm sure, I'm sure you did better. No, well, not to gloat even more. Um, but in our uh, VIP rankings, I am better than everybody. Wow. Uh, I am I am at 21 out of 32, uh, which puts me first. Uh, you are one behind me, so you're doing really well. All right. That's uh, not you, too bad. You've gotten 20 of 32. And uh, and a shout out to the seller, Gary Dickman. Yeah. 17 of 32. Uh, but you can play along our uh, pigskin picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. And I should congratulate, by the way. Um, the winner, our weekly prize was a $100 gift certificate to Chronic Tacos. Oh, nice. And uh, congratulations to Lori of Honolulu. She got 14 out of 16. Nice. Really, really good. Wow. So uh, congratulations, Lori. And the prize for this week is part of our pigskin picks. And you can play along. Like, you can, you know, start this week if you want to. Yeah. 100 bucks, Dave and Busters. It's a week-to-week thing, right? It is. Yeah. Weekly prizes, uh, grand prize, 1000 bucks nice. at the end of the year. It's at ESPNHonolulu.com. Traffic here, power rankings coming up next. All right, um, we're going to start our Mountain West power rankings here. Nice. Uh, we'll do, I mean, we got like a bit, about a minute and a half, so we'll do bottom here first. We'll do uh, top after. Okay. Um, let's start with uh, with bottom. I always start with you. Well, I actually, no. I think we can start together here. Yeah. Our bottom team in our Mountain West Power Rankings is Nevada. Nevada. There we go. We're all on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, I mean, to, to give Nevada credit, um, they only lost by seven to Kansas. No. Nevada. Nevada. Uh, number 11, Hunter. Right now, I'm fighting hard. To keep Hawaii away from 11, but, but New Mexico is on 11. Oh, okay. Yep. Why New Mexico? Uh, they just got beat by New Mexico State. Okay, okay. Um, I have um, I have Hawaii at 11, which so is where I had them last week. I think them, I've got Hawaii at 10. Yeah. So I, I think, to me, that's kind of splitting hairs right it there. It is. Uh, there, there's a lot of areas. I think 9 through 12 is kind of splitting hairs. Um, you know, Hawaii's offense, I think, has kind of sputtered here in the last few weeks. Defensively, I'm not going to judge them for giving up 50 to Oregon. Um, but I will judge them based on injuries. And I think that's where I drop Hawaii down a little bit. Uh, 20 seconds. Your number 10, you said, was Hawaii. Uh, was Hawaii. I have Utah State at 10. Okay. Um, and be, and they, they benched Cooper Lega, uh, last week in the loss to air force. It seems like Utah state's falling backwards. So Utah state is, uh, is my team at 10. We'll go through the top three and some of the, uh, um, notable notables, uh, coming up here after traffic sports centers on the way as well. You are listening to off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. All right, we'll go to the top part of the Mountain West uh, Power Rankings, the unofficial off-the-bench Mountain West Power Rankings, coming up here in a moment. Woodcraft Hawaii's Vendor Days are here this week. Save 10% off Makita Power Tools and 25% off accessories at Woodcraft Hawaii. All right, uh, we both agree Nevada's the worst team in the Mountain West. (laughs) On three, the top team in the Mountain West is one, two, three... Fresno State, yes. Uh, the team that you hate to admit Ugh. is the top team, um, but they are. Go um, Bulldogs. 
<laughs> they're playing like it. They're three and zero. They have scored the uh, second most amount of points of anybody in the conference. Yep. They're coming off of a shutout win at Arizona State, which is impressive to me. They have two Power Five wins. Yep. And while I, I guess we have to kind of not overlook the fact that they went to overtime against Eastern Washington, how many teams, uh, how many group of fives can say that they have two Power Five wins, both on the road, um, you know, in their first three games? Not many. No. And you look at the talent across the board, their positioning to win the Mountain West, I, I think that is probably the strongest case if you look at everybody else across the conference. It's less about how does Fresno shape up against other teams in the country. It's mm-hmm. how they shape up against teams in the Mountain West. Right. And in my mind, it's they're clearly number one. All right. Uh, number two. Uh, I've got Air Force at number two. 3-0 record. They have allowed uh, just 31 points in three games. Do the math. That's 10 points a game that they have allowed, and they gave up 21 against uh, against Utah State. But they, again, they continue to run the ball well. Um, you know, I, Air Force has always been just this um, consistent. They are, they are the model of consistency, and I see them right now as a, as a top-tier competitor. I could see right now a Fresno State Air Force Mountain West Championship, which is why I have Air Force at number two. Yep. I actually bumped them up to number two. Oh, okay. Um, I think some honor needs to be given to Air Force getting the first conference win of the season. Mm-hmm. They uh, they beat Utah State handedly. Yeah, ran all over them. Ran, uh, let me check it real fast, Josh. Air Force had. 344 yards on the ground. And that's just another day at the office for Air Force. That is scary, considering that we're going to have to play them at home on November 11th. Yeah. By the way, I lied. Fresno State is the third amount of points scored in the conference um, behind uh, San Jose State and Utah State, who still does not have a win, uh, who is one and two. But um, Hmm. I want to make sure I get my facts correct. Well, they had that one 78-point victory (laughs) against against Idaho State. Idaho State. So that's a little little, – slighted i guess yeah okay so we're in agreement in the top two top two i don't know i don't have your list yep um let's see if we're in sync on number three i have boise at three Mm. and i remember after week one against washington i kept them at one because i didn't feel like you could judge that team after you know losing to a top 15 program um losing to ucf opened my eyes a little bit the North Dakota State win uh, this past weekend was honestly it was a little squirrely for for a while, but they were ultimately able to get it done um, if healthy. And Boise State's not healthy, and I want to make that clear. Without George Holani, uh, yeah, North Dakota. I meant North Dakota, not North Dakota State. Um, Boise State's not healthy, and, and yep. you know that my rankings do factor in. I think when healthy, Boise's better than Air Force, um, but right now they're not. Yep. And and because of that, I think Boise State, even with their one and two record, I have it three. Yep. So uh, Boise, the verdict is still kind of out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first week that we're going to get a true sense on what type of a team Boise is, as well as San Diego State. They play each other mm-hmm. this weekend. So I think this is going to be a really true tell on 
where our power rankings lie after this week. Yeah. And not just our rankings, where the Mountain West – we'll get a real good idea of the temperature after this weekend. Um, and because of that, I still have Wyoming at three. Oh, okay. I'm still giving them a lot of credit for that win against Texas Tech. Um, they're two and one. I think they are the third best team right behind Air Force. Um, and because I just mentioned them before, I, they then have San Diego State and Boise right behind them. But I consider them kind of glued together. Four and five are right there. I, I'm very curious to see how these teams play each other to kind of influence uh, some numbers around. So I think there are clear tiers here. And yep. I don't know if this is good or bad for the conference, but I think there are four tiers. I think... Fresno and Air Force are in a tier of its own. Yep. I think um, Boise and Wyoming are in a tier of its own. Yep. Although I, you have Boise a little farther down, so I think it might be a little bit different for you. This is at least for me. Five through eight are a tier of its own, um, and I have that between San Jose State and Colorado State, and then nine through 12. So this is a four-tier conference right now. Um, and I do believe that Two, the top two tiers and the bottom two tiers are um, there. There's a big difference between them, and I think there's an even bigger gap between tier three and tier four. Um, it, it's it's and like a ginormous gap between one and four. Yes, and and I'll say you know Colorado State's zero and two, but I think they're better than that record. Yep. they kind of showed that against Colorado. Yep. Um, my thing with Wyoming, and I have Wyoming at four. Um, they don't score enough points for me. Um, and I, you know, Peasley's a good quarterback, but it's like they kind of, they rely on their defense so much that if their offense on a, any given day is bad against a, a, a team, like a, like, let's say a San Jose state, yep. um, I, I don't know that Wyoming wins that game, or but a, I think, or a Utah state on a good day. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, but I, I do think Wyoming is capable. I, I think their offenses can be better than what it's shown, hmm. but it just, it just hasn't been. You mentioned San Diego State. There's still tickets available at Snapdragon Stadium for that San Diego State-Boise State game. And it's been kind of we, – we talk about our attendance, which, you know, they they say, um, you know, do not cast do not cast the stone, you know, yeah. if, you, if you live in a glass house. Uh, we are – current- <laughs> don't, uh, don't focus on the splinter in your neighbor's eye when you've got a log in your own eye. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's face it, while we have our own attendance issues, San Diego State does. They mm. play Friday against Boise State, and I saw one of the pieces that was in the uh, San Diego Union Tribune about how their you know, tickets are available, and apparently attendance has been bad all year. And San Diego State's got a new stadium, and they're not a bad team. They mm. just have not been able to draw, and they have had three home games, one of them being UCLA on its schedule, and they have still struggled to fill that place up. It's encouraging for us then in some ways that there are other teams going through the same issues that we are. Yeah. And there th- th- there was rumor not that long ago, Josh, of the Pac-12 going after San Diego State mm-hmm. or um, the Big 12 going after San Diego State to right. get that um, Southern California market and how blue chip apparently it was. Yeah. I don't know if that changes if they go to Power 5 or not. Um, I, I think it's over. I think the whole Power Five thing for them is done. Sure, I, I, I'm just saying. But I think I, I, I don't know if the attendance would matter. 
there are some teams in Power 5 conferences that don't fill up their stadiums. Yep. Um, all right, I'm going to throw out a couple teams, and I want to get your vibe on where you see them. UNLV. Yeah. Where do you have UNLV? So currently, let me check my list. I've got them at six. Okay, you and I both. So just right behind that tie, essentially, between Boise and San Diego, San Diego State. Okay. I've got them neck and neck. UNLV is right there. I was impressed with what they were able to do this past weekend. Um, they they really played. Let me check this. Yeah, they beat Vandy. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, and they were down early too, were, from what so I remember. They came back against Vandy. They were able to score forty points against an SEC team. Sure, it's Vandy, but we didn't beat them. This is quite telling to me on where this team can go, and this happens just a week before um, beginning. Uh, conference play for them against us. Mm-hmm. So, whew, um, I've got them handedly at six. The 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 other two, it's it's tough to get a true read on them. They played Bryant. They beat them uh, uh, handedly, and then they went up and played against a Har- Harbaugh-less Michigan team, um, and only lost thirty thirty-five to seven. Right, that was respectable to me. Um, only giving up thirty-five. On the road. I, I was impressed by that. In the big house. I would have had UNLV at five. Um, I dropped them a spot because Brumfeld's status is up in the air. Yep. Um, you know, Barry Odom, their coach, um, was it earlier today or yesterday, had said that you know they're, they don't know if he's going to play on Saturday. And while you know Jaden Maiava is very good, I don't know if he's ready for this spotlight yet. We'll find out. Um, you know, Being in for a little bit of time doesn't tell you everything. So... Uh, as of right now, I have UNLV dropped back. Um, two more. Colorado State. Yeah. Got them at eight. Oh, hey, we're both there too. Yeah. This Got- is becoming now a boring segment because we're both agreeing. Okay. Colorado State at eight. Talk well, to me. Uh, well, I bumped them up. They were in my bottom three. Uh-huh. And then for them to handle themselves and push Colorado to two overtimes, that's a job well done by that team. Yeah. And you, you could point fault at both the Buffaloes or the Rams in how they conducted themselves in that game. But still, they showed that they could rise to the occasion, and they might be better than what we gave them credit for preseason. I have them at eight because I saw how they played with the spotlight on them, with the pressure on them, with all of these external things on them. But I want to see if they can do it again. Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of holding back in Colorado State. That's right. And our number seven, San Jose. I have San Jose at five. Oh wow! Okay. I have San Diego State at gotcha. seven. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So I guess yeah. Let's um. So let's dive in because the other team I was going to say was New Mexico. You have New Mexico. I think at 11. eleven. I have New Mexico at nine, um, above Utah State. All right. My San Jose State and San Diego State here. San Diego State gives up more points than I expect them to. And they're not a high-powered offense. Yes. Brady Hoke is a to me a good defensive coach. But I've been a little disappointed. Um, you know, they give up 20 plus points. I want to say it's like 25 a game, and I expect San Diego State to be better. You're right. They they've taken their converted safety like they did last year, um, made him a quarterback. It, to me, it's not producing the kind of results I think San Diego State would like. So I believe San Diego State is very vulnerable. I have them losing to Boise State on Friday, um, and I worry 
that if San Diego State's defense doesn't step up, they might get um, they might be a double digit loser against Boise State on Friday. So um, we'll start there. San Jose State. I realize San Jose State is one in three. Yep. I, I I believe in their ability to score. I'm a, I'm disappointed by the loss to Toledo. It was on the road. But if uh, their ability to score, I think puts them like they're, they're like a top three offense. Yep. In the conference. Yep. Yes. Um. Behind Fresno and behind Boise. Well, I, well, I, I I'll say Air behind Force. Air Force just yep. because Air Force is one dimensional and still is successful. Um. I feel like that offense can do more, and I think it can stack up it within that conference. Um, we haven't seen San Diego State in a conference setting. They have two losses against Power Power Five teams, um, a win that they were supposed to have, which was a, a handled, a very easily handled win against uh, Cal Poly. So once they get into conference play, I, I think all bets are off potentially um, with San Jose State. That's why I have them at five. Sure. Um, tell us yours. Who do you have at the top? Who do you have at the bottom? And where do you have Hawaii? Uh, I have Hawaii at 11. You have them at 10. Um, we're really splitting hairs there at the bottom. Um, but you can let us know your power rankings. I don't know. Maybe we'll get these posted online at ESPNHonolulu.com or on our Twitters or X's, whatever they are. Uh, maybe we'll do that a little bit later. Uh, one texter does ask via our Zephyr Insurance text line from the 285, is the football team home this week? Yes, yes. Uh, they are home this week. And be listening to our different radio shows. Uh, we're giving away tickets to Hawaii football. We are giving away tickets for volleyball uh, this afternoon for uh, Hawaii against, apparently, we have to get the verbiage right now, they are now Cal State Bakersfield. They no longer call themselves CSU Bakersfield. Breaking news for all of you who write, your first reference is now Cal State Bakersfield. Wow. Yeah, we got we got each other, Tanner. All right. Um, and I didn't know that until today because Tiff told me. So, uh, yeah, we, we got to get ourselves Tiff. right there. Yeah, Tiff, Tiff's the man. So um, we'll give away those tickets coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, don't forget about the Timmy Chang Show, which is coming up tomorrow night, Ruby Tuesday, at the Moana Lua Shopping Center. We're on air at 6. Uh, John Veneri, Coach Chang, and uh, we'll find out who the special guest is tomorrow night. I haven't heard just yet uh, who, will, who will join the guys. Uh, be down there. Listen here on the radio. Uh, we'll have replays on Thursday, 1 o'clock here on ESPN Honolulu, 6 p.m. tomorrow night on or Thursday night on K-High Channel 5. So uh, check it out. It's the Timmy Chang Show on ESPN Honolulu. Traffic right here. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Our uh, Tuesday turnaround with Arno Martinez is coming up in uh, about 12 minutes. We got another look at traffic as we get you through your Tuesday commutes. Uh, we're here. Uh, for those that don't know, we found out on uh, on on Saturday over at Big City Diner at Windward Mall. Some of our listeners, uh, they're going to Vegas too, so uh, they can check us out. Nice at uh, uh, the Cal. In fact, I was just uh, looking through our schedule earlier because uh, uh, we are going to be. Where are we going to be? We're going to be at the sports book on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Fun. The Cal sports book. That's where we'll be recording. Well, no, we ain't, we ain't recording anything. We're live. Oh, we are it, live. Excuse me. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Live from the sports book. We don't record anything right. here except for some interviews because of the time difference. 
just just being honest. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll be at the Cal Sportsbook Wednesday and Thursday. We may potentially, um, we we are working on confirmation on this. We may be at the UH alumni event on Friday. Hmm. Um, we may be. Uh, they have an alumni event. I think it's at the Cal. We may be uh, chatting it up with some uh, former UH folks. So uh, yeah, we're kind of looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah, we're rookies. Uh, we're going to be rookies at this. We're going to um, – it's funny. We were talking earlier about um, Main Street Station. You have learned for the first time about the uh, the $5 buffet. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I can I can imagine you eating at the buffet every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. when we were up there, I think I spent several days at the buffet if because I'm- it was really good, and I just didn't feel like driving anywhere or going outside in 110-degree weather. I was good being going from the Cal, walking across that, that walkway, going down the casino into Main Street Station, and just plopping myself at the buffet in air-conditioned comfort. <laughs> the funny, the, the fortunate thing is yeah. we're not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be 110 degrees in Las Vegas uh, when we go next week. In fact, um, we should check the weather. Next week, when we get there, it's going to be 93 degrees. It's still going to be hot. It'll be in the low 90s when we get there next week. And sunny, blazing hot. Yes. Let's hope the, uh, the cyber attack in Vegas is cleared up by then. You heard no. about that, right? No. What is it? Um, I think it was the MGM properties that got, like, hacked. And no so there's a way. cyber attack that affected things like reservations and... If you wanted the casino, it affected uh, whether you could get your winnings. It was massive. And I, I think they're still dealing with it like a week later. It's pretty gnarly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gambling uh, always pays someone. Yeah. And uh, someone who's got a grudge likes to, to mess with people. Uh, these cyber hackers like to do that. Um, we were talking a little while ago about uh, a story. Well, we talked about it off air. Uh, there is an idea being thrown around, and this is uh, courtesy of Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports, that the Pac-2 mm-hmm. and the Mountain West yes. could potentially get together still, whether it is 2024 or 2025, but with a catch. That catch is the potential for a relegation league. Now, hear, hear us out, because this apparently is one of the things that has been talked about. I don't know how serious it is, but this has been talked about, and there is a group of five athletic director, I think from a different conference, who's like, yeah, this is kind of a cool idea. Um, you have X amount of teams, and based on win-loss record, points, and whatever, you split them up into two conferences within a conference. Well, kind of like or, divisions. Or divisions, yeah. Your top tier and your bottom tier. And so your top tier plays against one another. So you're kind of, you know, you're you're guaranteeing that you've got like these top tier matchups that you're playing every week. So you've got these visible matchups that you really need to have the television should be on. Hmm. Your bottom tier, meh. But maybe there's a streaming option for those bottom tier games or those top tier games could get some linear television and, and some streaming stuff. But the belief is maybe you could get a little more money that way. Because you'd be ensuring at least this top tier, you know you're getting games that that count, that matter. Uh, bowl-eligible teams potentially every week. Um, whereas the bottom tier, 
uh, maybe there's room for him somewhere. Um, they're going to fight for bowl eligibility and look to be uh, brought up. You know, kind of like what the OIA, the OIA has um, relegation. You, if you're not good, uh, you could go from D1 to D2. Look at Nana Cooley. Nana Cooley went from D2 to D1 because they were good in D2. Now they're getting killed uh, because they're playing division te- open division teams. Poor Nana Cooley. <laughs> um, they don't deserve that. But um, they don't they don't deserve getting killed by open division teams. They deserve playing against division one teams. They don't deserve getting killed by Kahuku, yeah. who is not a Cooley's opponent this week. Um, what do you think of that? Relegation, Premier League soccer that's, coming yeah. to college football. That's right. So we had something similar actually in France whenever uh-huh. I, I played pro football over there. The team that recruited me, it was their first year in the elite level for um, professional football over there. They earned the right over there. And so what comes with that is all kinds of new benefits. So I kind of like this a little bit. And the situation between the Pac-2 now, Mm -hmm. used to be Pac-12, and the Mountain West is one that we haven't really faced before of – they're kind of needing to be this mesh of what used to be a power five conference with a group of five conference. Mm-hmm. So with that, the power five schools still want to be observed or right. perceived as superior. Right. They're, they're bigger. They've got more. Um, and they think they can get that with this. That's right. And so. And it's also advantageous to the Mountain West, which actually holds a little bit more cards here, Mm -hmm. where you could almost, in a weird way, advertise to these schools, you play well, and you're almost perceived on that top level in this new conference idea, almost like a Power Five. Yeah. It's it's scary if you're on the bottom. Yeah. Because unlike right now, if you're on the bottom, it now shows. If you go into that kind of relegation mode, Sports Center, Coach Martinez, turn around Tuesday next. Oh, you know what time it is. It is. Turn around. That's right. Turnaround Tuesday with the coach, Arnold Martinez, who joins us here uh, on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Usually we start our turnaround uh, by talking about uh, University of Hawaii football. But, Coach, you were were a trooper. I mean, you were with me at at Big City Diner, Windward Mall. You had your notes. You had your clipboard. You were all in. And then, like, you gave yourself a little while. You were still in there. You were watching the Hawaii game, and you jet. (laughs) Yeah, you jet yeah. out to Laie uh, for that game. I'm curious, how long did it take? How long before kickoff did you get there? You know, not too bad. So it was like 55 minutes, which, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that long, actually, from where we were. And then when, when we looked on the maps, I was like, oh, man, uh-oh, we got to roll. And so, um, yeah, no, it, so I got there uh, probably about 20 minutes. Wasn't too bad before, oh, okay. before kickoff. And, yeah, you, yeah. and and Enough I think you and, and I think you uh, also scored a free table out of that, didn't you? Yeah, Jay. You know uh, <laughs> our broadcast friend or your friend who I got introduced to, who covers Bosco Radio uh, nationally. He 
uh, he had to go get a setup because there's really no space there, right? Because of the press box setup, TV is there, television spectrum, and then, and um, so it's real crowded. So they set him up with some electricity on the top row of the bleachers right in front of the press box. So he needed a table to set up, and he can't take it on the plane, so he's like, Coach, please take this table. <laughs> so yeah. I got a domino table. I got a new I got a new domino table I can bring to the – we can uh, play some dominoes on in cards. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> Coach Coach scored uh, scored a talent fee and a table uh, for working yeah. Kahuku St. John Bosco. I'm glad you got there. I'm glad you got to work it. Um, since the dust has settled on that, I know you and I talked after the game – and obviously, yeah. A, yeah. A, a lot of people have talked about this game. We are mm. we are three days past. Mm-hmm. Now that everything is kind of cleared, what still sticks out to you following that game? Well, well, first of all, um, it was a it was a fan, it was fantastic to see these elite high school players battling. You know, I thought that uh, you know you saw you, you we were able to watch uh, some great talent. Um, a lot of future college football players on both sides of the ball there now, and uh, the speed of the game, the physicality of it all, uh, it was it was uh, just fun to see. I think that was fun for the fans too. And um, I give both teams credit, just playing their tails off to to try to beat each other. And then, but it, in regards to, I know I know a lot of people have asked me too, even at work about you know the outcome and how it uh, went down. Um, I, I also want to preface to say that. Man, officiating is a tough job. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a tough job. It's bang, bang all the time, and no one's perfect. And, and, and on either side, you know what I mean? And so I know as, as a coach for many, many years, coach we talk about all the time, you just want to you wanna hope that uh, it, it is um, just called, you know, as evenly as possible, whether you're going to call something on one side and the other, whatever it is, you know, and, and, and it's clean and it's done well, but it's a hard job. And I know Robert Victor, the white hat at the, you know, he was always a good man of integrity when he repped our games and, you know, he does his best. And, and, um, and so, but uh, they always take a beating and in the heated moment, yeah, it's, it got, it got emotional in there. I mean, it was a, it was a tough environment there in the late and the fourth, uh, uh, with the crowd and, um, it, yeah. it was something else. Yeah, it was something else. But, uh, but that said, I think that, um, you, you know, and that, I mean, I just put out there, Kahuku won the game in the first half. Mm-hmm. They, you know, Bosco, uh, had plenty of mistakes and Kahuku capitalized on score. It took a 22, I believe the three lead at one point. And so, um, and then at halftime that Bosco made some adjustments and their athletes and, and came out and, they ran off 23 straight points without Kahuku scoring a point and just kind of dominating, put Kahuku in three and out situations multiple times, got the ball back. And now it's 23, 22 with a minute left. And, uh, and then you just kind of a lot of laundry, you know, and different things coming out. Well, actually I'll tell you what, before that there was a long, it was a very significant play. I don't know if it was the end of the third or maybe beginning of fourth where, uh, Bosco went for a, uh, explosive touchdown play. Uh, I think it might've went plus 60 and, um, a late flag came out and it was illegal procedure. I talked to a number of guys, uh, who had the replay and they said it was not enough, uh, guys on the line. And, but when you look at the film, they had enough guys on the line. So, you know, it's just, (laughs) I'm sure the refs are going to look back too. I, I think they do it not just for this game. I think all good refs, um, 
will want to self-evaluate just like coaches do and, and players do and watch the film and kind of grade themselves out and say, okay, here's some things. Um, I, I, I think on any given play. Now, guys, remember, I don't know how you guys' discussion been going at and listen, but if you can call hold on every play. Yeah. You have, mm-hmm. you have an 11-hour game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it would never end. Um, but, you know, there are some guidelines for the officials that say, okay, well, there's a hold here, but the ball is, the play is, on, on let's say, on the left side of the field or, or something like that, and, and, and then it has no bearing in the play whatsoever down the field and, and something like that. You're probably not going to call those. I mean, I've had it both ways. And so um, I think, you know, you just don't want to be part of the momentum and and uh, part of the, the factor at the end, you know, to you kind of – what do they say? Swallow the whistle yes. a little bit. I mean, depend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, depending on the situation. Now, it's, if it's egregious at the point of attack, which gave one side an advantage, right over the other, you gotta you gotta throw that flag. Yeah, for the integrity you of the know? game, right? Yes, for the integrity of the game. But let's say I, I know there was a play that was fourth down, and I watched the film. I went back and watched the film, and Josh, and I think you and I talked about it. And I and what I saw was uh, on the left side of the Cahoogies formation, the receiver really go out. He actually started blocking the corner and it's a pass play. So he attacks the corner. They attack each other. They're chicken fighting, you know, just, that's what we call it. Chicken. It's a chicken fight. And they're just swinging each other around. They're both holding each other. And then you have two crossing routes that are on the right side of the field that are deep of about 40 yards. And the ball's way overthrown by 15 yards or 10 yards or whatever it is. But the holding by the two guys, was called on the two guys that were chicken fighting. Now, Hunter, did those two guys on the line of scrimmage chicken fight and swing each other for like one second? Did that cause them not to complete the pass? No. No. And so, you know, uh, and both were holding each other. Yep. So I, 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 I slowed it down and watched it multiple times. Um, so, I mean, I think, it, you know, I think it depends. You, if you're a fan of one side, you're going to see it one way because yep. <laughs> you're emotional. And if you're a fan on the other side, you're going to see it the other way. I think you could have called multiple uh, penalties. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. And, and let me preface this by saying this too. I wanted Kahuku to win. You know, I was rooting for Hawaii to, to really show out and, you know, show that they can play with the big boys, especially I know they're way better than what they did against modern day. And I wanted to have just a great showing. And first half, they did. You know, 23-3, 22-3. And, and it was like, okay, man, they came to play. They're not going to turn it over. They're going to be physical and fast. It looked good. Mm. Um, but then on that last drive again, after the fourth down, uh, you know, I watched the film. Kahuku had a play where two receivers were moving at the same time. And there was no penalty on that. And they got a, they got plus eight or something. So, um, it, you know, it can it, it can go both ways. You know, we can yep. go you – can, you can watch every single play, and it, it, it can go both ways and – you know, it's just unfortunate that that kind of uh, made it, kind of marred it a little bit, right? The game, which is a great battle. And both teams, both co- both coaches have really coaching their tails off, players coaching their, playing their tails off, and just a great battle. And then people are going to talk about, well, you know, all those penalties on the end put Kahuku in a scoring position. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough that that's the way it had to go. Arno Martinez yeah. joining us our turnaround Tuesday here on ESPN yeah. Honolulu. Coach, just really quick, uh, kind of off yeah. of what you were just referencing. You know, home field advantage mm-hmm. has uh, an influence on everybody involved, from players 
to coaches, to fans. And yeah. I'm going to even yeah. say this to officials without even throwing guys under the bus. If you are mm-hmm. in that environment, we as humans are impressionable. You're going to be swayed one way or another. And mm-hmm. it's just rather than it making it, you know, uh, villainizing these guys for not being perfect, it's so difficult sure. to remain completely you know, robot neutral in an environment mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. even, mm-hmm. you know, if it was a, you know, perfect circumstances that you've been a coach for a long sure. time, refs sure. can be influenced one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, you know, and, and indirectly and inadvertently, nothing That's intentional, right. like, oh, we're going to try to change this game. You know, I, I don't think any of those officials ever have that thought in their mind at all i think but no like i'm just saying say, it just happens subconsciously that's right subconsciously you can be affected by the energy uh the uh, you know what's going on you know I, and that, that's why you know in um what in college they'll bring neutral crews you know to right. to a game right to a big game yeah. um you know uh, a, a crew that's not in the, in either of the two conferences sometimes right um you see that in bowl games a lot too so um, I think when you have these kind of matchups, maybe they, they, they bring, you know, there's a split crew and, you know, they, you know, guys work together or something. That way you eliminate that thought of any indiscretion, you know. Um, but there, I don't think there's any intentional, uh, you know, influencing of the game per se. I, I, I think, like you said, yes, you can. You're, we're all human um, and they're human and it's a tough, tough job. Um, and, you know, you just want to you, you want to make sure um, you're you're not a determining factor of the outcome, but that you're calling a clean, correct game. Yeah. You know, I I'm reminded yeah. of like state tournaments in football where you yeah. know they will assign referees who work you know across the state. So you may Big have Island, yeah yeah. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. you might have a let's let's Mixed crew. right and you know that kind of you know you well part of it is really not for that you know, potential influence or anything. But part of that is you, you're rewarding referees from across the state for the work that they've done throughout the year. You have an evaluator yeah, that, yeah. that sets that mm-hmm. up. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. the state tournament kind of gives you a different feel um, in a way. All yeah. right. Um, we completely ignored Oregon and Hawaii. Sure, sure, and it sure. was, and it was That's not, by, <laughs> and it was not by coincidence. <laughs> it just happened. And you know what? We are going to ignore Oregon and Hawaii because we are going to turn around to Hawaii and New Mexico State just based on time that we have. So, Coach, stand by. We'll come back. Aggies, Hawaii. We'll turn around to that coming up. Don't forget, Pigskin Picks. uh, You can play at ESPNHonolulu.com. It is presented by M. Dyer Global and brought to you by Young's Fish Market. Um, Our winner had 14 out of 16 this past week. Impressive. You can play along. If you haven't played, you can just join us to start this week. We'd love to have you. ESPNHonolulu.com to play. Uh, Traffic right here. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. All right, let's continue Turnaround Tuesday. The coach, Arno Martinez, uh, very patient with us because uh, we didn't even get to uh, Hawaii and Oregon. So <laughs> let's let's go straight to Hawaii. I had a lot of good notes on that. <laughs> I had a lot of good stuff to share. Coach, but I'll we're, move forward. We're, we're going to have to save those for uh, Club's for Corner down kickoff. On, uh, on Saturday oh, okay. at 4 p.m. Because I know uh, we're, we're going to do a rewind portion right at the beginning on uh, at right at 4 right. o'clock. So. Don't don't be like me and uh, restart your computer and not save your power rankings. Uh, save those no, in, no. A, in a good place. We were talking with right. uh, New Mexico State's uh, play-by-play guy on the TV side, and we were talking about Diego Pavia, who is yep. uh, he's improving. Yep. 
Um, but he's he's an athletic QB. And sure. I was saying earlier, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Poffenbarger from mm-hmm. New Albany. And Hawaii Who kind gave of – a little trouble. Mm-hmm. He did, but I I also thought Hawaii's defense did a better job against him yep. in the second half. How how do you see that matchup? Hawaii's de- defense versus Pavia, uh, the New Mexico State QB. Well, yeah, you know Pavia, dual threat athlete. Um, he's got 215 yards rushing in four games so far, 918 yards passing and eight TDs. I mean, and and you know he's not like jump out of the film like oh this guy's going pro, but he's a good player. And what he does well is he, he runs their scheme, uh, uh, you know, efficiently the way they want to run it. I mean, this team is averaging 461 total yards of offense per game, which puts him 22nd in the FBS. It's not going to be a, a, a walk. I think, you know, I hope people understand that. Um, you know, if they're, tw- you know, 22nd in FBS and the whole nation in, in, in offense per game. So, um, you know, I, I think they're going to try to run, uh, on the Warriors to start the game. I think every team, to be honest with you, I think every team will. Um, until UH can prove that they can consistently stop the run, they're going to get punched in the face with the run. You know what I mean? And, and um, rightfully so. I think team scouting reports, that's what they'll start with. Um, I think then, you know, um, you know, they'll use a similar game plan as the Ducks. If they run the ball well, you know, they'll probably hit them with some play action, which destroyed the Warriors defense this last game, right? Um, the O-line is big, physical. Um, you know, they're in tight splits a lot on inside runs, and they get they get the LOS. They they, they can they get movement there. Um, and their pass pro is decent as well. They give the QB, they give Pavia uh, just enough time to pass it, especially in the quick game. Um, and, and the ball comes out quick. He can process, diagnose coverage, and, you know, his, his processing speed is, is fairly good. Um, and then I saw this, which, yeah. You know, it, it's going to be tough for, for the Warriors because their run blocking is is, is good, but um, on the perimeter, they got some linemen that like to pull and get out there, um, and and there's a lot of movement in there. So, you know, similar to Stanford, diverse, multiple formations, some misdirection with line movement and poolers. Um, they mix up the play sequences fairly well. So, you know, they do cause some assignment conflicts with a lot of confusion with a diverse attack. So... And we, we've seen that UH has had trouble with that, right, uh, with Temple. And we saw them misalign this past game. We saw them misalign a ton against uh, New Mexico. So alignment assignment, key and technique, they're going to have to get lined up early um, and just try to eliminate that confusion. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe we see some change-ups and maybe a little more zone instead of man. Um, you know, just, you know, seeing uh, – our secondary in a lot of chase position, right, Hunter? I mean, you know, they were in chase. They were in bad leverage uh, a lot of times, which caused, you know, those explosive plays uh, for for the Ducks. So um, maybe they can do some things schematically to make sure that they're not in that chase position. But, yeah, this this is going to be a challenge, guys. uh, And the offense, it's not a walk in the park. Arnold Martinez joining us, our turnaround Tuesday, looking ahead to Hawaii and New Mexico State. He joins us here on Off the Bench. Now, Coach, you you mentioned chase position. Could that have been just Oregon being more, you know, bigger, faster, more athletic than our guys? And granted, I'm not taking anything away from the Aggies, but it's certainly a different matchup for Hawaii going up against these guys with New Mexico State than Oregon this this previous week. And that's to not say that, their offense is any slouch, but it certainly is different. Um, it is you- different, yeah. 
Yeah, I was just I, curious. I think you make what, a great point, Hunter. Yeah. I, I believe it's a combination of a couple of things. Obviously, the margin of error against those athletes at Oregon are going to be very small, where you might have a better margin uh, with the athletes at New Mexico. So I, I think it's it, it's a great point. I think there is a disparity there, um, you know, and I, and I think that uh, you know, and there was a disparity in a lot a lot of ways, right? When you're playing uh, an Oregon and you're playing, you know, power five schools like this, three out of uh, you know, three power five schools in, in, in you know, in, in four games. Right. But yeah, there's a disparity in not just athletic ability, but you know, recruiting resource facilities, right. Caliber. Like I, you know, I, you're like to your point, caliber of athletes. And, um, but then it's a combination with that and some misalignments and some misreads and some bad technique too, sometimes, right. Where you'll get exposed quickly against Oregon, but maybe you can make that up against New Mexico, if that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. You, you, It won't be as dramatic uh, of a, uh, you, you know, of a disparity there because maybe they can close on, on a New Mexico guy if they get, if they, you know, if their technique, if they got bad leverage, they can close the gap. So, yeah, but then again, uh, as a coach, I, I just feel like, Man, get your technique right. Get your eyes right. You know, stop. Don't bite on play action if you're in the secondary. You know what I mean? Um, it's not your job to stop the run. That's that's why your name's secondary. You know, <laughs> yeah. so um, you're not primary. You know, and um, everybody just do their job better. I mean, guys got to do their job better. Technique's got to be better. Um, you know, and some of the play calling's got to be better. I think sometimes less is more. You know, so yeah. Yeah, in, in thirty seconds here, Coach. Um, yep. Biggest advantage Hawaii has in this game. Advantage. Yeah. Um, well, good question. You know, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, <laughs> you know, do, <laughs> I, I, until they, you know, you know, show that they're going to be consistent and not shoot themselves in the foot. I, I, I don't know if they're going to have an advantage. I think they can play even right now. Um, I think you know, all things said and done, you know, with great technique, do what you're supposed to do your job, and then see where 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 the uh, where where the chips land. But um, I wouldn't say right now they're they're like just way better than New Mexico in one area or the other. You know what I mean? I think I think it's actually going to be a very closely matched team if if uh, the Warriors execute soundly and uh, you know stay within their fundamentals and and attack the right way and and things got to sync up on offense. We saw a lot of guys not in sync, not in phase, on the wrong page. You know, as far as you know, getting separation and the ball coming out and things like that. There's a lot to clean up, guys. Coach, uh, I'll see you on Saturday. Next Tuesday, you'll be in the hands of Darren Kimura for our uh, turnaround Tuesday. So uh, we'll, be out, we'll be off. Yeah, next Tuesday because uh, Hunter and I will be off to Vegas. Because you guys will be out on the strip, man. That's, I, you know, that's hey. right. We're going to be, uh, we're gonna be <laughs> living it up. Take it easy out there. We'll, we'll do our we'll best. We'll talk more about that. I'll see we'll you Saturday, talk, partner. I'll give you guys some counseling. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, counsel. Coach. Thanks, Coach. Yes, uh, I need Coach for his counseling uh, for sure. Uh, traffic right here. It's off the bench. This is the happiest Hunter's been all show. Why? Sports Center's giving some time to Chicago Cubs highlights. Let's go. Hey Tanner, can you go uh, Cubs can, go? Can, can you change that to uh, uh, whatever whatever's on now? 
I don't know. Anything but Cubs highlights. Go Cubs, I, go. I need, I need Hunter focused on the show as they bring Giants highlights. Great. <laughs> great. Great. Now I'm going to be distracted. Josh knows me too well at this point. If there's something I'm interested in, I'm glued. And then they show Giants highlights, and I'm distracted yeah. now. Perfect. Um I want to get back to Hawaii, New Mexico State in a second. Yeah. Um, Arnold Martinez was with us earlier. In that first segment, we talked about St. John Bosco and Kahuku. And a texture from the 497 asked, Josh, why was that flag picked up on the last play of the Bosco-Kahuku game? Said that was a foul. Hellman went flying through the air. Um, I have had back-and-forth conversations with people uh, about this play. I believe it was a, it was a defenseless receiver. I believe that. I believe that the, that the receiver did not have the opportunity to gather and make a football move as he was catching before he got hit. The reason why the flag was picked up, and I, I, I guess I see it, um, it wasn't like a launch. It wasn't like a targeting. The reason why, and, and I watched this exchange, we saw Sterling Carvalho, the head coach, make the the motion to the referee he believed it was a wrap-up hit hmm. and it is true the defender was not coming in leading with his helmet he was not coming in leading with his shoulder he was arms around the right. receiver yep with a pretty massive hit um you know and and you almost don't want to villainize that hit in a way because well he came in he was running in full steam uh, without knowing if that receiver is gonna gonna be a defenseless receiver or not, he had his arms out trying to make the form of a tackle, not trying to make some highlight reel crunch. And so, I see that, um, but I still go back to believing that that receiver is still a defenseless receiver, and that is something that I'm I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that. You, you know, you still can't call that uh, him being a defenseless receiver. And that's really hard. And, and you know, again, the issue there toward the end and, and St. John Bosco's coach had said it to the Honolulu Star advertisers, Paul Honda, was that the referees wouldn't tell him what the penalties were there toward the end, especially on yeah. that last Kahuku drive, which was which was kind of tough. And look, I don't want to. um you know, I don't want to spend so much time on this. We, we are, you know, three days post mortem on that game, but you know, it it, it has to be talked about. Um, you know, Texter from the two nine two is definitely a penalty. It was a defenseless receiver. Player safety is always talked about. You got to make that call. Um, Integrity of the game, right? Yeah. So that's hard. The the thing that we talked about yesterday, um, as we we all agree between you and, and myself and coach, um, I have a, a, a ton of respect for referees. I, you know, in calling games, I've talked to some of them. I've learned from some of them. And and some of my best conversations around the game have come from referees, not necessarily coaches and players. They've been referees. So I've always, you know, in, enjoyed that. Um, you know, that being said, just because referees have the toughest job, um, they are because they are underpaid, they are underappreciated, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, doesn't mean they are free from scrutiny. And there's a double-edged sword here. Yep. On one hand, um, if there are referees that are not up to par 
on what they are doing. Um, if they are, you know, if they're calling penalties that shouldn't be, if they're picking up penalties that should be penalties, then there has to be some system of um, there, there has to be some some system of what do you do about it? The problem is we don't have enough referees, mm. and it, you know, the double-edged sword of this conversation is if you're somebody thinking about being an official and you hear the fact that this big game goes on and you're being talked about in a negative way, why would you want to go ahead and be an official? Because it's thankless. You get a a St. John Bosco assistant coach running out to the field to question an official. Um, You know, what the coach's intentions were, I don't know. Um, So you get that kind of scrutiny. Sometimes your safety is put into play. Why would a young 25-year-old who maybe loves the game, wants to give back to the game, why would that young 25-year-old say, hey, I want to be an official? Yeah. You can't grow officials. Um, you know, it's hard to grow officials when the accountability seems to be lackluster, but yet the accountability only goes so far because if you don't have officials, you can't have games. And sometimes, and I've seen this back on the Big Island where you'd have an officiating crew who'd work like three games a day. They would go in the morning and they'd officiate like a Pop Warner game or something at like 9 a.m. And then that game is over. It's about 12. They drive to their next stop and they're doing double duty. They're doing a JV game, then a varsity game. I mean, that's a lot. And, And what are they probably making out of that? Like 250 bucks? Maybe. Maybe. Total. They do it because they love it. Yeah. Right. They do it because they get booed. Yeah. (laughs) It's brutal. Yeah. Um, They do it because they love it, but it's never appreciated. And at some point, you know, they're going to break me like, well, you know what? You got a problem with us. We're not perfect. We're we're high school officials. We're not NFL officials. We're not college officials. You got a problem with us. Well, fine. We quit. But that, but that attitude can't happen. You know, Um, there has to be a standard and, I don't know. Do these officials get graded after this game? Do these officials face, you know, if if they were, as some people believe they are, less than the standard toward the end, is there some kind of a system that reflects that? George would be a good guy to talk to about this. Yeah. He's focused on college, though. No, I get it. I get it. And I I almost, I honestly don't even want to bring him into this because I think it would be awkward. And it's, I think that's a a perfect point. We're talking about high school here. Mm Mm-hmm. A tremendous win for Hawaii sports. Absolutely. Tremendous win. Let's kind of turn down the intensity a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think it's natural out here in Hawaii to take Hawaii high school sports extremely seriously. Mm -hmm. And granted, that's important to a lot of people. But these guys aren't a lot of times aren't even 18 years old yet. Yeah. They're kids. Yeah. Let's keep it all in perspective. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Final words in a little while, but uh, I also want to go back to something else we were talking about with with Coach Arnold Martinez, um, which he said, great question. What advantage does Hawaii have over New Mexico State? And it, I said 30 seconds. It took him 30 seconds to figure out the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, You put him on the spot. <laughs> I did. So we kind of went off timing a little bit. But um, your perspective, is there something that Hawaii has that they hold an advantage over the Aggies on? I think the the one thing there is that Hawaii hasn't reached its potential yet. We haven't shown what our run and shoot is fully capable of. 
And in some aspects, again, this is an extreme optimistic look at uh, beginning the season one and three and not great offensive numbers. Yeah. It shows that our best stuff is still in front of us. It shows that we have any number of receivers that can go out, get receptions, and score touchdowns. We saw it this last week. Um, Perry, it was his, his first uh, re- uh, receiving touchdown of his of his career. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the advantage that Hawaii has um, is the ceiling is still remarkably high on what we can do. I think that New Mexico State has reached its ceiling. Mm. Now, we, we have to play up to their level. I mean, they just beat a Mountain West team this last week. I think that's a pretty good indicator that they're no slouch, that they're going to come ready to play this Saturday. If there's one advantage that we have over them is we know what they're going to do. we got to rise to the occasion. But we got to rise to our own potential. Yeah. If that's an advantage. Um, that's how I would spin it to my team if I was the coach. Okay. Um, let me ask you this about offense. Is Hawaii's offense right now, because we're not really seeing a tight end anymore, yep. um, you know, the injury to, to, to Grayson Grace Morgan, Morgan is part of that. Is Hawaii's offense right now better without a tight end? And that's kind of an odd question to ask with, with that injury. They do technically list the tight end in the two deep, uh, but it's wide receiver slash tight end, so it's not really committed to that. Yep. Um, yeah, does does this offense look better right now, kind of eliminating the tight end um, from the formation? Personally, I think so. Coaches devise schemes based off of personnel and skill that they have to work with, much like uh, chess pieces on a board. Uh, who who do you have to work with, and what what do we uh, what are we going to try to do with that? We've got our hands full trying to worry about who's going to run the ball for us right now and who's going to help pass pro from the backfield. So I think we're way more preoccupied at that position. Having four wide wide receivers kind of simplifies our offense a little bit on we don't have to get creative with the tight end position right now. Let's just focus on run and shoot, good old old-fashioned run and shoot, four wide wide receivers, and let's just get to our basic run and shoot concepts here let's not get nuts with it and in some ways start to build some routine and some rhythm with those guys gotcha uh you can uh, text us in our zephyr insurance text lines at 808-296-1420 uh that's how you can get in touch with us here on the program all right uh final words coming up i'll i'll give you a hint on mine um we saw someone vulnerable today um and uh, that bravery of being vulnerable, I, I want to recognize uh, that coming up. Reminder, the Timmy Chang Show is coming up tomorrow night at 6, Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. Come by, watch it live, win prizes, uh, meet Coach, meet John Veneri, um, meet anybody. <laughs> meet your friends. <laughs> meet a, a really good plate of, uh, of food. Maybe meet- get on the ESPN Honolulu uh, social platform. Meet an alcoholic beverage if you're over 21. There you go. You just meet a lot of people. I'm getting looks at the other room like, what? Where, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm, I'm trying to open it up with um, a welcoming atmosphere. Even, not just the celebrities, but your friends, the people you will make friends with. And, I mean, let's, let's be honest, the salad bar. Um, make friends with the salad bar. 
Uh, that's tomorrow night at 6. Of course, you can also um, watch the replay uh, Thursday at 6 on K-High, which is Channel 5. We'll also have a replay on radio uh, Thursday at 1. Uh, right after Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy. That is the Timmy Chang Show coming up tomorrow. This is what happens when we teach everybody ad-lib your live reads. And you try to do a different ad-lib for a live read every time. And uh, you see what you get. You get something different every time. Good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, traffic right here. Final words when we come back. It's Off the Bench, ESPN Honolulu. All right, so this is a uh, this is a fun night here on ESPN Honolulu because uh, sports cards and collectibles is coming up. That's the mainstay uh, we've got at six o'clock, and then we're debuting something new. Ooh, uh, it is called the student section. It's going to be seven o'clock uh, from the Auto Source Carousel. And if you're hearing about that for the first time, um, the old Walgreens in that like um, futuristic looking building across from the Target at Ala Moana. Auto source carousels in there. Yep. I, I think it's a really cool space for them with their vehicles. Very spacious. We're going to put a show in there. Um, it's called the student section. Uh, and uh, some of the guests, uh, Pofeli Ashlock, mm. Braden Shaker, uh, they'll be talking with Chris Hart and Cole Mouse off. That's right. We're put. We're keeping Chris Hart up past his bedtime. I was going to say, you're, you're having Chris Hart go back to school. <laughs> hey, you know what? It is never too early. Well, actually, no. It's never too early and never too late to go back to school. Uh, so uh, Chris Hart, Cole Mousoff will be uh, part of the first ever edition. Uh, first ever edition of the student section coming up tonight at 7. Um, but, yeah, uh, Chris is staying up past his bedtime. So, um, you know, what, what version of Chris are you going to get coming up at 7 o'clock? I think you are going to get the loosest version of Chris Hart you will ever get. And I am all in for that. All in. I hope Chris can have some fun. Oh, Chris will. Chris is the, one of the most fun people I know. And I say that in all sincerity yeah. because I have worked with a lot of people in this industry. And by far, Chris is one of those that I know when I'm when I'm at an event that he's at, I know I'm going to have a good time. So, uh I hope he's listening. All right. Uh, final words. Hunter, you're up first. So I like to do way too early Super Bowl predictions, oh, Josh. You're, you're one of those. Just oh. on, a, on a whim. I, I think it's kind of fun. Like breaking them up into like six miniature seasons. So like the first three weeks and then the second three weeks, that kind of stuff. So, so you do math like me then. Yeah. I Man. Should we let people in on how you select your uh, your? Let's do that after you tell the okay, story because we, we'll have time to share my math. Perfect. Um, right now, I got 49ers Dolphins. Ooh. Okay. Yep. This, this is our uh, one sixth early prediction for the Super Bowl. Yep. Okay. The the first way 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 too early Super Bowl predictions and. This is different than the way, way too early college football mm -hmm. rankings because we're in season right now. So right. this is kind of another version of power rankings. Super Bowl predictions right now, NFC is going to send the 49ers, the AFC is going to send Tua. And by the way, he is not doing this because we're starved for content. He is doing this just because just he does it. Yep. This is not something we plan. Some people do this stuff because they're starred for content. You're doing it because you love it. That's right. It's fun. 
Okay. And it means nothing. <laughs> no, we're not holding you to it. That's the other thing. Um, since you, since you have this um, way, 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 way too early, um, <laughs> do you have the teams the Niners and Dolphins would play in their respective conference championship games? Yeah. Niners. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Niners-Cowboys. Oh. And it would be epic. Ugh. Who? Okay, who else? Those are the two best teams in the NFC. You Ugh. can't argue Nin- right now. Niners, Cowboys. Ew, what are what are? Oof. Who who else from the Ugh. NFC is going to make it? Past those two. That's true. Um, well, you can't say the Eagles. Uh, not right now. Okay, those yeah, are the two it, best. If I had to 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 go there, I'd I'd go Eagles. Now I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying the Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, it's just Cowboys make hearing the Cowboys in a positive light makes my skin crawl. Um, that's how much I have been just so in tuned to hating that team because of other people. They beat a division rival. They did by forty. They did, but it's also the Giants. Mm. They weren't that bad last year. Yeah. And then on the AFC side, the Dolphins beat the Chiefs. Okay. Yep. All right. I love this. Uh, I love this way too early stuff. Not because it's it's free content, but uh, <laughs> it means nothing. It does, uh, absolutely. By the way, uh, I do want to mention this. Um, we do have a no uh, a combination no hitter going on right now. Oh my! Uh, Padres Rockies. Oh, Tanner's turning to the TV. Uh, I think it's twelve thirty. Um, the the San Diego Padres channel. Uh, Blake Snell and Robert Suarez have combined to no hit the Rockies through eight in San Diego. Want to know what the score is? Scoreless. Mm. Yeah, just scoreless. Just scroll down, Tanner. You'll you'll find it. Actually, no. I'm sorry. It's in the non-HD category, um, but it also shows up in HD. So we got a, a no-hitter alert going on. It still baffles me that baseball managers will pull a guy when he's throwing a no-hitter. Oh, pitch count. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care. Yeah, the team's throwing a combined no-hitter. That means the first guy was throwing a no-hitter and you pulled them from the game. But you don't want to kill the guy's arm long-term. I wonder if they would have something to say about that. Um, I think with massive contracts, I think some would understand. Blake Snell threw 104 pitches through seven innings. He also walked four. All right. So... Yeah, Which he is struck why out it's 10. Not a perfect game. Yeah, he also struck out ten, but he did walk four. Pitch count was high. Yeah, I, I, I probably would do the same thing the manager did. I mean, I'd let him get to eight innings and okay. see what the pitch count is. Okay, fair. Uh, but yeah, that game's going on right now. Um, no hitters and scoreless games. We just had one last week. Remember, Brewers and uh, Yankees had a no no that went through ten. Um, oh no, Giants. Giants. I was going to say had one. And then lost the no-no. And Josh jinxed him. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, my final words, I'm going to get a little serious here. Um, it Sometimes it's hard to be brave when difficult things happen in your life. Today there was a piece in the Players' Tribune from Angela Lee. Um, Angela Lee is a decorated women's champion uh, in mixed martial arts. Um the one world championship in which that, you know, that promotion she was, uh, she was a part of. We got to talk to her last year at uh, countdown to kickoff. Just a you know, wonderful person, wonderful, wonderful person decorated in what she does. 
She put out a piece today on one of the most difficult moments in her life that nobody really knew about, and it was in 2017. She was in a car accident in 2017. I don't, I don't remember if that was well publicized or not. I, when I read it, I, I didn't really think about it, but she was in a car accident in 2017, and in this piece, she revealed that the car accident was a suicide attempt. Wow. She was struggling... Um, weight cut was and 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 one uh the one promotion is a pretty strict like hydration cut thing. You know, she was a couple of weeks before about in Singapore. Um, the pressure of winning, you know, defending your title and 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 a lot of that stuff was was really getting to her. She revealed that she tried to take her life on several different occasions. Um. And I and I'm honestly I'm not gonna re- repeat them all. I, I think just you know I don't I don't want to get too graphic here. But um, she wrote about it in the Players Tribune, and she survived. Um, you know it was it was difficult. She she talked about how the one person she told up to this point was her husband, who showed her unconditional love, stood by her you know, helped and in, in just kind of, you know, um, helping her heal. Um, she launched a, um, a nonprofit last year, I think it was, um, to, to really kind of raise awareness to this because her sister, you may recall, Victoria, um, took her own life last December. I, it, it was hard to read. But I, I, I want to say to Angela, um, that was brave. Yep. Thank you. And I hope someone reads that. And if you know someone that is going through something similarly, or you know, if if there is someone who is listening and that has been a struggle for them, that you, there are people who can help. You're not alone. Happened to my teammate in college. <sighs> Cheyenne Santiago from America, Samoa. Talk to someone. Yeah. Um, That was incredibly brave. And and Angela, uh, wherever you are, uh, we hope you can hear this. Um, That was was tough, but um, I appreciate you sharing that with the world. Uh, Sports cards next. 